entire life I heard about my mom and what an incredible basketball player she was. Her team actually ended up winning the state championship. I don't know what year though. I'm not sure. This was high school, but I don't know what year in high. Let's say senior year. That sounds that sounds like the all-American story. She grew up in a small, small town in Louisiana, South Louisiana, which is Cajun country. It's different than where I grew up in North Louisiana. So there's not a lot to do there. The things that were there are still there now. <laughs> like the rocket drive-in, which is something we all love and all have in our cell phones on speed dials. So it's great to go to these small towns and reminisce with your parents if that's where they came from and hear their stories. And my mom's story always involved basketball. It was a big deal to her. It was a big deal to her siblings. She's the oldest of 10, but it was really important to her father. Her dad was a lawyer who got his degree from Tulane University in New Orleans, and he became a judge. I'm really proud of his record as a judge because he was very pro-integration during a time that was not so favorable. And let me remind you, Louisiana. So I've always been really proud of that. He was a very firm man, is what I was told. Very intelligent. I never met him. In fact, neither of my grandfathers were alive when I was born. What is interesting is he really cared about sports with his kids. And I like to think it's the way he connected with them. I don't know. I never met him. (laughs) But that is what I am going to say. (laughs) So my mom would have to make 100 free throw shots. Is that a thing? (laughs) You guys, I'm not an athlete. In fact, um, if any of you have seen a photograph of me, you already knew that. So yes, whatever that is called, I believe it's a free throw. She had to make 100 of them before she was allowed to come inside. So she doesn't have the best feelings towards basketball all the time. But what I find fascinating is she is the most opinionated in the room when a basketball game is on TV. My mom often can be heard saying, if that guy misses that free throw shot, they should take back his money. (laughs) She feels that's what you're getting paid for. I think it's hilarious. And maybe that's why I didn't become a an incredible athlete because I couldn't take the pressure. (laughs) I knew I couldn't do a free throw shot. There's no way. But I am better than I think because my mom did teach me a couple of techniques. And that's what is so fascinating with sports. There's the team aspect. There's the, there's more than just you in the world aspect, which I know goes to the team. But there's a little bit more than just working as a collective group. You really understand that it's not just about you. And then there's this whole level of skill. There's so many things I think I'm not good at. And really, the truth is, I have no idea. (laughs) I have just never put in the time or the effort or the YouTube video hours to teach myself. But it's interesting. I I can still today throw an incredible spiral football. That's because of my father. And I can actually make a pretty decent basket. And that's because of my mother. It's interesting how 
sports can be something that connects a child to their parent, good or bad, but also to yourself and how many lessons come from that. You have validation, you have confidence, you have failure, you have a goal. My guest is someone who knows the love of basketball. (laughs) This young man I almost could have said was my youngest guest, but I just interviewed my 10-year-old daughter, so she's going to win for a while. I don't know how to interview in utero yet, so we're going to keep it to the 10-year-old. But this guy, because, I mean, he's a young man, but oh my gosh, young. He's fantastic. And what he's done with his life is extraordinary. And I don't usually go into this space in the intro, but what I admire you're going to hear very quickly in this episode. But this was someone who finally got to his dream. He finally got to his goal and it involves basketball and it involves a really well-known basketball team. And then he gave it up. And that's the incredible story that we're going to dive into with Coach Anthony. Okay, welcome Anthony. Or should I, wait, should I call you Coach Anthony? I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the proper way to address you because you're definitely, I mean, you go by Coach Anthony. So what do you prefer? Let's get it out of the gate before I even let you say hello. How do I address you? Uh, Anthony is cool. <laughs> I, I prefer Anthony. Ant, I get Ant sometimes. I mean, I got all types of things. I have a basketball nickname, but Anthony would be great. What's your basketball nickname? It used to be Antoine. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so, like the Italian. Like the, the Italian stallion on the basketball court kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Are you Italian? I'm not. I'm actually, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. But I'm actually Chaldean and part Armenian. Nice. Okay, I am Italian, but I can see where you like. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah I was excited. I was going to like high five you with like the red and the green. I don't know what to say. Oh, man. So close. <laughs> no, so close. that's fantastic though. So the coach Anthony though, where does that come from? Because... That's who you are on Instagram. And I feel like that's who you are, I don't know, publicly, your coach, Anthony. So where did that come Great. from? Okay, so to be honest, I always have done basketball in my life. But in Instagram, there's a handle. And in the handle, there's nothing just Anthony Simons. I'm like, okay, I need something else. Right? So I'm like, okay, I do speaking. I'm a personal trainer. You know, I'm certified. So I coach people to become better. I train basketball. Um, I played all the way in like the college level. So I'm doing like all these things and I'm like writing books. I'm like, okay, what is one word to sum all these like mind, body, and spirit? I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm like, Lord, I'm praying on it. I, I need a word, Lord. Give me a word. Come Holy Spirit. And then just coach just came up. And so I'm like, oh, that's a great one. You know, so I rebranded from Ant Inspires You to Coach Anthony Simon. I checked the handle on Instagram. I got the green light. I'm like, it's got it. So we're good. You're good. <laughs> and so there you go. So yeah. do people actually call you that or do people just kind of call you Anthony? Like, no, they'll they, call you they coach? call me coach. Okay. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's half and half. I it's love half, that. Half. I love how like <laughs> when I watch like TV shows and like there's a mm-hmm. coach or there's like a captain or there's like a chef mm-hmm. and they just call them that name. I'm like, that's just so cool. So I kind of want to call you coach, <laughs> but I'm going to call you Anthony. It'll be fine. <laughs> so here's what I want to know, friend. You are on the East Coast right now. But you did not go to yep. college on the East Coast, if I'm right. correct. Did I do that yep. correctly? Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it. Facts check. Yep. <laughs> I, I love mean, it. listen, I'm not that well known in my geography skills, so. <laughs> Me neither. That makes two of us. <laughs> so where, 
<laughs> where are you on the East Coast? And then I want to hear about your college days a little bit because I'm a little Great. intrigued. So yeah, where are you okay. right now? Great. I'm actually in Detroit. So for those of you guys that do oh, okay. not know, it's in Michigan. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're not really on the East Coast. You're in the Eastern time zone. And I just assume that means yep. you're on the coast. See how little I know about the world? I'm like, <laughs> oh, so you're in New York or New Jersey. And you're like, there's more to that yep. time zone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what it is. Yep. <laughs> I love it. So you're in Detroit. But where did you yep. go to school? You went to USC. Is that right? Like, I went to close UC Davis. UC in, um, Davis. Okay. Uh, it's a small town near Sacramento. Okay, small, so it's uh, it's a pretty large college, but okay. yeah, California. And you played ball there. I, w- I was a walk-on and um, never got any minutes, but it's just uh, pestering the coaches for about two years. And I worked my way from a team manager to practice player to getting a roster spot. Did you really? Now, does that yep. mean you got a jersey? Like you got your name on the back? Like you could be like, y'all, I, look. No, <laughs> I, I did not actually get a chance for that. That was going to be junior year, but I ended up quitting my sophomore year. What made you quit? Where did you go? Oh, so it's a long story, but to concise it, my my family was really struggling financially and they needed help. And so I was like, okay, dad, like I'll help you with paying the bills. And um, so I actually quit and I started doing speaking and that was actually building up, you know, without me just pursuing it. It was just kind of like taking its own time. I was just working towards an interior life. And so, you know, as I was doing that, I was getting a couple of gigs and I was able to help my dad, like pay off the loans in the house and uh, it's really tragic. It was. It really hurt me, but at the same time, it built me. Okay, so wait a second. How old were you yeah. when this happened? You were what, 19, 20? I, I was, yep, 19, turning 20 really soon is towards, I think, the end of my 19-year-old. Okay, but like, did you uh-huh. stay at school or you pieced out? Like, you completely left school altogether. I stayed in school, but my grades did not. <laughs> so I was I like working like that. Wow. I think that's yeah. a great way of saying. <laughs> I stayed you in know. school, but my grades did not. That was yeah, called was... my entire college career. So yes, I see. I can yeah. appreciate that. So wait a second. I oh, hold on a second, yeah. Anthony. You're telling me at 19 years old, you are looking at your parents saying, "All right, fine, guys. I got it. I finally made it. My dream. I made it onto a college basketball team." but I'm going to leave that. And my first Mm. thought is I'm going to go be a speaker. Like, is that real? Like you didn't go to Taco (laughs) Bell or like McDonald's. I mean, please tell me how this happened. I know. I'm still trying to piece it together. I'm still like praying on it. And, you know, we're always constantly piecing our story together and making it better. But for me, I just, I've always had a desire to want to inspire people. And I didn't know how, you know, I confused it with basketball and, um, you know, but I was just given a lot of opportunities to speak. And my, you know, when I walked on in my high school, they called me over like, Hey, you know, we heard your story and we'd really love to share some words of encouragement. And so that was like building momentum and people start knowing like, Hey, dude, you've got a gift, you know, you should be able to use this gift. You know, there's, you can make a a career out of it. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's actually perfect timing because, you know, I'm really looking for opportunities to help my family. And And so that's something that we've always stressed in our culture. It's like God, family, then friends, and then myself. And so we always live a life of giving. And it was, it was really hard. You know, I had to do personal training on the side and I just was just hustling, like hustling because just seeing my, that look in my dad's eye, like it kills me, you know? That's incredible. I mean, so young though. And then, but you ended up getting like you, you, I knew that you stayed in school because I know that you got, (laughs) you got a couple of degrees though, right? Not just Mm -hmm. like you got more than one. 
So your yeah. grades definitely did something, Anthony. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the, you did okay. The bare minimum, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you get degrees in? You got one communication, is that right? Mm -hmm. And then what was yep. the other one? Uh, biopsychology. Yeah, I'm going to act like I know what that is. I don't. I, don't, I have no <laughs> idea. But it makes sense because you're wanting to go into something with people. And it sounds yep. like you knew this at a very young age. And I'm looking at your face and I don't normally ask my guests how old they are, but you look 19 and a half. So I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing that's probably not true because you have three books. Right. So unless you did a lot in the last six months, you're not 19, but like, yeah, okay, Anthony, tell me, how old are you? Because if you say you're 53, I'm buying whatever you're selling. <laughs> that would be the greatest oh thing Lord. of my life. Yeah, so please literally. lie to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 52. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm I'm 23. You're 23. So I'm looking at a 23-year-old yep. who yeah. had to lose a dream at 19, which to me is like you know, that's that's insane. You're so young, and I'm sure you hear that all the time, but you already have three books, one that did exceptionally well on Amazon, and you are coaching and doing all these things as a living, am I right? Or do you own like a Taco Bell franchise at this point? Like, are you doing? <laughs> um, it's uh, so I'm doing it. Yes. As a living right now, full time. Um, God has blessed me with that, but, um, yeah. Okay. So you came out the gate, but I got to know when you first started speaking, is it what you speak on today or has that evolved? How has your story evolved? Because me as a speaker, my story's yeah. evolved and what I get called up to speak on. And a lot of times I'm like, God, what? Like actually talking to God, <laughs> not like in the yeah. bad way, yeah, yeah. but like actually saying, God, yeah. what are you talking about? I can't talk about mm. that. So what right. about you? How, how is your speaking journey from where you started as a 19 year old? Oh, so long ago. <laughs> to now as a seasoned veteran at 23. How's your change? Right. Yeah. How's it changed? So I'm nowhere near like where I want to be. I'm still like really small and like trying to get that going. But I never really like really, really set out to be a speaker. It kind of just happened out naturally as I was just, as I said, like praying more, like working on my interior life, like just wanting to serve the people. But opportunities opened themselves up when I was 19 a lot. You know, I gave a Catholic talk in retreat. And originally it was just like Catholic talks or, you know, for athletes or whoever just would ask me to give a speech on something. And I usually talk about pain and suffering. But it's just, it's too serious, you know, like, it's, it's very serious. I'm still young, you know, like, oh, what does this kid know? So I kind of transitioned to um, mind, body and spirit. And from there, I transitioned to dating and relationships, which is something I'm really, really passionate about. No, that's I love your passion about it. I watch you on Instagram, yeah. and you do these like, question yeah. answer things and the things that people ask. And the, the, the answers that you give are fantastic. So your book, it, it was called, yeah, no, thank you. You, it was called pain, right? The very, is that your first book that you wrote? Yeah, that was my first book. Yep. Okay. How Life's old were you pain. when you Oof. wrote that? Yeah. I, so again, I was going through, I mean, you can imagine like just really dark times when I was 19, just very depressed, like lifeless. And I was just journaling ever since I was 19. I'm like, Lord, like, how are you using this for my good? Like, I can't see this. Um, I need your help. Like, so I'd always like read the book within my own self, like journal and adoration, just talk to the Lord and ask him like, Hey, here's what's going on. Like, how can I get out of this? And so just through that journey of just seeking healing, seeking the Lord, seeking, you know, what is he calling me to do in this circumstance? 
that literally turned into a book. Like I had a couple of friends. Like I never, I, I hate reading. I hate writing. I, I never read till I was 19, believe it or not. No, I believe it. I think we might yeah. have more in common than, than we understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a reader I'm getting either. Those vibes. <laughs> I'm getting those vibes, yeah. <laughs> totally feel you, yeah. So you're yep. not a reader, not a writer, but you're journaling mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your friends encourage you to kind of publish. Did you self-publish or did you find a publisher? I self-published. Okay. Um, because if you find a publisher, it takes a really long time, like six to nine months for them to even like accept it. Yeah. And then after that, they have to like say, okay, we need to work with you extensively. Is this going to be something we like? If not, see ya. And that's, it's just hard. It's a long process where you have to like, they kind of twist your message. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I just, I really want to preach about the Lord in this particular way. And he's placed that in my heart, you know, after discerning my spiritual director and praying on it. And like, I, I don't want to sacrifice that message. And and I'm still young. Like, who do I know? You know, like I'm still growing and yeah. Right. No. So, yeah. okay. So how was the self-publishing route? Like, did you enjoy it? Was it successful for Ooh. you? Yeah. You I, I actually it? was very blessed. I had a couple of mentors in my life. I was just reaching out, you know, the Lord brought them in my life and they were kind of showing me the ropes. You know, um, I invested in one program by another guy, believe it or not, his name is Anthony. And he was kind of like, Hey, you know, I'll help guide you through this process. And most of it you could find online. I'm just a very like self-driven person. Um, and like, if the Lord has put that like calling in my life, like he's going to provide all the graces and the necessary steps to keep moving and trusting in him. And um, yeah, I just, I had a lot of doubt, but you know, my friends would read like these journals. I'm like, dude, a lot of people can resonate with this. You should really turn it into a book. I'm like, dude, I'm not a writer. I'm just trying to like seek healing, seek God. And like, no, 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 you can really, you've really got a gift here, Anthony. And so I've always had like low self-esteem and I still do today. It's something I'm constantly like working on, but the Lord has just been good and he's just revealed himself in ways I'd never imagined, you know? So would most people find that shocking about you that you have low self-esteem? Is that something that- Yeah, yeah. That is really shocking? Yeah, because I come off as like, you know, charismatic, whatever that means, confident yeah. and like, yeah, there, there are times I am, but I, I think all of us, you know, we all have insecurities we're battling. And if someone says they don't, you know, like they just are in denial mode or, you know, they've yet to really um, maybe compare themselves to like the right mentality. Yeah, that makes sense. So this first mm-hmm. book, Pain, what was going on with you in your life that drove you to journal? Like what at 19... Right. Obviously, it's probably in the book, and I want people to buy it, obviously. But yeah. what was going on? What, where had you gotten? What was the brokenness of the wound that you were kind of settling with or dealing with Right in that time? Uh, I would say it was a lot of restlessness, like a lot of idolatry, not understanding what it means to be a son of the Lord. And so having the voice of the world really define like who I am, make up who I am. And like my family, like they came from Iraq. And so they really suffered a lot and persecuted for being Christian. And so they've had their own woundedness that came into my own life. And since it's not healed, you know, I have to try to like see, see the, I would say like the route of how the Lord is trying to use that for our good. And, you know, if, if we don't deal with problems, then they're going to eventually come again and they're going to come harder. And so the Lord is always calling us to seek how he's working through these problems and, the thing is a lot of people turn bitter, angry, and resentful. And God wants us to see joy, tenderness, and gratitude in them. And so I say pain is just an idea. It stands for perfect another idea now. So every time we go through like a certain trial or circumstance, the Lord is asking us to say, Hey, which idea are you perfecting? One that flourishes you or one that diminishes you. And, you know, like seeing my dad, he had like very bad physical health. And like, I heard he was not going to be able to live for another like six, 12 months 
that really took a toll on me. I had to become a man at such a young age and, you know, sacrificing my dream, getting into like relationships that were very fleeting and just battling a lot of spiritual warfare in my life, like mental illness and um, praise God, like the Lord delivered me from that. But like at the time, it's just, it's very toxic and all those trials, they take a toll on your energy and your spirit and, and you have like a crushed or broken heart and crushed spirit. So God just helped me navigate through them, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about your family, Anthony. They came from Iraq and yeah. <laughs> is your father, is he, is he well now or has where, mm-hmm. okay, good. So he's doing well. Yeah. Do you have siblings? Mm-hmm. Like what? Two, yeah. Two older brothers. <laughs> Yeah, I, so nice. I, I can see that that <laughs> definitely helped your self-esteem was to have yes, two older brothers yep. to remind you of how amazing you are all the time. Yeah. We were like so close. Uh, <laughs> so did really. you grow up in Detroit, your family? Like I didn't this, actually. Where'd you grow up? Um, so the reason why I'm in Detroit is I'm discerning a call to priesthood right now. Okay. And uh, we always grew up in Sacramento in California. Okay. So you came but, from California. Yep. And so now yep. you are discerning. Are you, yep. how deep into that discernment are you? Are you, what is that like? Is this new for you? Is this a yep. new place, space for you? Or have you been there for a while? So I've been here ever since I was really like a little kid. And the reason is I was always running away from it, but the Lord is like constantly calling me to it. And I can't deny it. You know, Jonah in the well, like he just, he keeps running away from Jesus and like, I'm a fool to think if you arm wrestle God, I'll win, but God always wins, you know? (laughs) So I always give that analogy. And like, I tried to justify my calling saying, Lord, oh, if I do missionary work, you know, or if I serve you here, or if I, you know, do this work, then would that be enough? Or if I go to daily mass and daily adoration and daily rosary and the Lord's like, Anthony, all these things are great. I love you for doing them, but my will for you, the, the way that you please me the most is surrendering your own desires, your own wills, just like you did with basketball and coming and denying yourself, picking up your cross and following me. And I'm like, okay, I got to give this man a shot. (laughs) So, okay, if I'm listening, if I'm hearing you correctly, Mm -hmm. basketball was your dream. Like if I were to meet Anthony at seven or at 12, (laughs) what did that look like? Like, were you the kid that was outside dribbling? Did you have a basketball in your hands all the time? Like, literally. I want to see it. (laughs) Wow, you could see it. Yeah, you're a visionary. I love that about you. Literally every day in class, I would carry a basketball on my side. I would dribble it every At time. At school? I promise you, I was the weirdest kid. I'm <laughs> telling you. That's so cool that they let you have a basketball. <laughs> I know. I know. They just knew me as that guy. And they're like, man, I'm not even going to bother. This guy's so stubborn. He's so like into it. Like, just let the kid have fun. And so I would dribble it in class and break. I would play always in recess and lunch and it's just, it was like, literally, it was, as I said, idolatry. It was like, my God, like that's how I channeled most of my pain. And I channeled it towards basketball and God was always in my life, but I never knew, like, I was just culturally a Catholic. Like I never really understood what it mean, what it meant to be a son, you know? Okay. So you're the kid with the basketball and mm. I want to know who were you idolizing? Obviously it wasn't just the basketball. Who were the right. guys that you were like, okay, if I meet you know, now I'm guessing you have like a list of saints, but back in yes, the day, yeah, amen, yeah. who amen. were your guys that you're like, dude, I got to watch them. Like they're my, they're my, they're my boys. Who are they? Yeah. They're my boys. Who That's exactly they? what I say. That's my boys. <laughs> um, so I love Kobe Bryant. He's my favorite, like all the time? best. Okay. I would say all time because just because his like mindset, like he always wants to grow. He's always trying to be very humble. Like he's, He's so good. He's so talented, but he's always like, you know, 
there's always another level and you know i might be great but I'm not where I want to be. And so he's always like, he's not flaunting his, his skills. He's obviously like the best, but so I always admired his humility and there's just all these other players that are just, they're just so arrogant. And, you know, it's something I struggle with. I don't want to like learn from them more. I want to like learn what is humility, you know? And so I'm trying to like pick his brain on that, his work ethic, his mindset, but Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, those are great. I love, love, love them. I just love point guards. <laughs> Well, no, that's good, yeah. though. I mean, that's that's a good yep. position to love. So have you watched Last Dance with uh, Michael Jordan? Have you seen that series at all, or have you heard about it? I can take your picture. I've seen Space Jam. Yeah, no. <laughs> Space Jam. It's a little, okay, Michael Jordan's a little old. No, that's fine. Kobe Bryant's fantastic. And it's really cool because, I mean, you know, uh, sadly, obviously, everybody knows that Kobe passed away this year. Yeah. But one of the things that everything that they were publishing about him during that time was that he went to Mass. Um, right. right before the yeah. accident. What did that mean yep. to you as a Catholic? And now you are strong in your Catholicism. And here right. is your hero who lived your dream. What did that mean to you? I know losing him, I can't imagine what that meant to you on a different level than the rest of us. But what did that right. mean hearing about their, them professing that he was at mass? That was just so moving and touching. And I always knew it was just a great sign of reassurance. I always knew the Lord would really like he was a seeker of truth. And I know that truth is parallel. Like we have a lot of people that are always constantly like seeking, you know, to live the life abundantly as Christ talks about in John and that's Jesus. And so this guy, he was baptized Roman Catholic. And I always knew that as a kid and I knew he'd come back just because of his work ethic, his demeanor and seeing that reassurance was just amazing. And sometimes like I asked the Lord to spare him and I'm sure a lot of people did because he just set like a new culture of humility for basketball players. And so seeing that and like seeing him own up to his sins, like his mistakes, it just shows a lot of maturity. And I'm like, how could the Lord not show mercy to this person when he's just being clearly very humble and the Lord loves to give grace to the humble. And I just, I don't know. I have high hopes that, that he's where God wants him to be. And he's always been, and you know, he's really just inspired me. And I'm sure so, so many people, no, that's awesome. I mean, like yeah. it was, it was hard. I, I'm not a huge Kobe Bryant fan, but that was something for me. It brought such a peace. I don't know why mm. it matters, but it did, yeah. you know, it was kind of mm. cool to hear where he was. And I think we feel that for anybody who's passed away, we hope, right. That they're right, right with God. Not that yeah. you walk out of mass and you're perfect, but you just, you're like, well, that's right. a good way. I mean, like, that's like, you know, yeah. you're, you're a little bit closer than, you know, other <laughs> moments of your life. So, okay. Yeah basketball is this huge part of your life and you had mm. to leave it. Take me in that moment when you did make the decision, what had a quiet down in your life for you mm. to hear God to tell you to leave basketball behind for your family? Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally the most, the biggest sacrifice I've ever made in my life and probably the most tragic event. But just knowing that the Lord is calling me not to live a life for my own self and a life to serve others. That was the deepest, the deepest pain that I have ever faced in my life. But knowing I knew the Lord was calling me to do it, like just coming home and seeing like the, the amount of pain my, my family's having is like out of my own selfishness to like my stubbornness, my pride saying like, Oh, my, my will be done like my needs. And so I kept on like magnifying that, but the Lord is like, you know, Anthony, um, I know it's gonna be very tough for you, but trust in me. I need you to trust that I know what is best for you. And even though you may not see it now and my ways and my thoughts are higher than your ways and your thoughts. And that was actually the reading yesterday. And so it was, it was very powerful and like 
I started reading scripture and Jesus was like speaking directly to my heart, like saying, Hey, this is what needs to be done. And like, I'm calling you to be the man now. And I will really reward you for this, you know, and out of the sacrifice, the, the fire of the Holy spirit comes and through that sacrifice, like through that deep pain of mine, like the Lord is really able to, to, to work through me as an instrument to be able to like show love because I've felt such like deep pain in my life before, you know? Yeah. So yeah. where are you now? Do you have any, do you still long for that dream or? Oh, <laughs> every day. Like I still do watch you? it. I still love it. You do. I really do. It's, I think it's going to be that wound in me for till eternity. It's, I'm always going to have it in my life because it's just something I, I loved so deeply. And, but I know the Lord is calling me to use it for like evangelizing ministry to be able to connect with the youth. I love the youth and I've got like so much energy and it's more of like a positive note. I see how the Lord has used that for my good. And, you know, like calling to, to sacrifice marriage, like for this new vocation of priesthood, like it's, it's not easy, but I've always wanted a daughter to carry her like on my shoulders, Stop. you know, and just, <laughs> I just, I, I always envision that and like to, to play with my son and, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's amazing. But I just, I feel like the Lord is teaching me a lot of humility and sacrifice. And what does it mean to like deny ourselves and, and to really like put the needs of others in front of our own. And it's a very radical like life, but I've had like a very radical, you know, circumstances. And I think the Lord is just calling me to like, to now make that ultimate sacrifice in what other way than unworthily being like even considered to be a priest, you know? No, that's beautiful. So yeah. would it be fair to say that your relationship with the Lord changed when you made this sacrifice, mm. when you walked away from basketball? Is that where you became the guy that we all know out on the internet talking about <laughs> Jesus and <laughs> no basketball in his hands when he's, you know, hey, send me your dating questions. I know all the things. Like, when did that change? When did you like click mm. into this hardcore Jesus loving guy? You know what I mean? Like when right. did that change? Right. Yeah. So 19, 19 years old was the, that was a big year for you, team. man. That was yeah. like, I'm, it was dude, the year. That was, was the year. <laughs> so yeah, there's like a lot of purging in my soul. Yeah. And so just all this sin prior and all this, you know, selfishness and a lot of, lot of self-conceited pride, self-righteousness, God had to take all that out. And when you place your identity in all these things, you know, woman, basketball and um, accomplishments, you know, all these things, friends, status, all the things that we have, these daily temptations, when you place your identity in that and God removes all of it and says, Hey, these are not things that create an identity with you. I am your God. Like, I am the one you need to follow. So that's, it's so deep. And we all have all these like cushions to fill the void in our heart of restlessness. But, you know, St. Augustine, the, the famous quote, our hearts are restless until they rest on you, Lord. And so God really stripped all that from me and I lost my identity. I'm like, who am I? You know, and that phrase where we kind of all go through, it's intense for some, some it's a lot easier, some it's just in the middle, it's a neutral one. But it's a questioning phase where we say, you know, why am I Catholic? Why do I believe in this God? And so we start questioning our rationality and, you know, you become the deepest philosopher and those deepest pains and wounds. And, but Jesus just through the providence, through the supernatural grace, the unrequited mercy, like he really just showed me a couple like supernatural experiences and, and like, wow, you know, like this is my God, this is our God. And I could call him a father and he loves me. And so like this love that I have in my heart, it's just like when God touches your heart with his finger, you explode and you can't help but just 
want to make that volcano erupt in everyone's hearts because you know you didn't do anything to deserve it. So that's incredible. So I got to ask you this. Yeah. As someone who has, I, I recently shared on my podcast that I lost a dream. And mm. so I understand exactly what you're talking about. And I don't think it's a foreign concept to a lot of people, right? Because we have certain right. dreams and it's really confusing when we have the gifts and talents for it or things start lining up and you're like, okay, yeah. I think this is going to happen. And then it doesn't. <laughs> Right. Mm. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're having to find a new dream. <laughs> and you're like, like, oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. You're like, that was a face plant. Like I just totally just yeah, literally wiped I'm out. Like <laughs> <laughs> so what, what would you say to someone who has lost a dream, Anthony? Like, what would you say to someone who's listening, who recently is mm. finding themselves sitting there with their hands open going, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to rebuild. I don't know how to find a new identity. Where are right. you at in your journey and, and that could help someone else? Well, Jesus, I trust in you are the words I would say. And those are the words I've just been reiterating in my mouth ever since I was 13. And we just got to really surrender and trust the Lord. Like he wants what's best for us. And it may not happen now. You may not see it, but we got to walk by faith and not by sight and continue to remind ourselves of the scripture promises that Jesus, he promises us like, hey, I'm going to give you life abundantly. It may not be the way that you see it now, but give it a couple of years and you're going to see it. And so I didn't see it when I was a 19 and drawing from my own personal experience, I always remind myself of what the Lord has done in the past in my life. And everyone says like, oh, don't look at the past, you know, we'll move on from it. But sometimes it's healthy to like really see like, how did the Lord work through my life in the past? How has he got, how am I where I am today? And so like, really like looking at that, you can see the graces of the Lord and he's always been working. And now like all the joy I have now, I can't even explain it into words, but I'm sure like you guys can see it in my, like I'm, I'm genuine. Like I generally love my life now and, and I wouldn't trade anything I've ever went through. But at the time, you know, it's like a magnifying glass. We always try to like, we examine it and then the pain, like it's, it's so enlarged, but then if you flip it, it's very small. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, there are seasons in life and you've just got to walk by faith. You cannot ever give up on the Lord. You got to keep trusting him. You got to actually pray harder in those moments. And who knows? Maybe he will bring that dream back or he'll bring it in a way that you've never seen possible. You know? No, I think that's fantastic. So when did that happen yeah. for you? When did you flip the magnifying glass? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I'm still flipping it. But now I, I would say, I mean, probably 20, 22 years old. Okay. I would say 22, 21 where it's like, I start seeing the speaking starts picking up, but you know, initially like when I, a lot of pain, it's, we turn inward and we like to think, Oh, I overcame it. And so I had this pride. I'm still battling now. It's like, I got to remind myself that the Lord brought me here, not my own human efforts and nothing like that. And so, um, that's something I always got to remind myself of, but I'm still flipping. I'm still seeing like, how is the Lord going to use this basketball desire? And I don't know, you know, the question is, we don't know. And we'll keep on we can speculate, we can assume, we can guess, but just going to keep on living day by day in the present and enjoying every gift that he gives me, you know? Have you found your new identity? Have you discovered oh. what it is? Mm -hmm. And I'm really convicted in my calling to be a priest because I've been running away for so long. Okay. And it's something I'm really battling ahead now, but I just got to be obedient to what Jesus wants again, you know, just because he's placed this desire in my heart and he's kind of grown it. I've got to wait for the diocese to get their answer. My vocations director, you know, the seminary and all that. So we'll see how that goes. But 
it does hurt. I'm not going to lie that I have to put like speaking and writing off for, for now, but you know, blessed be the name of the Lord's my mentality. No, I think that's great. And I was going to ask if you have another book that's going to happen. I didn't know if maybe mm. you would write one on discernment or um, something along those lines. Do you have anything in the works or you can't do anything right now as you wait to see? Uh, I could still work on them, but I'm personally, I just want to work on like surrendering my gifts to the Lord. So I'm still like discerning. I had this book I was working on. Like, it's just going to be a very short one, like how to date in college, you know, um, it's, you're the again, dating guy. Was, you're going to be the dating seminary. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's going to yeah. be confused, but then that'll get the kids in because they'll be like, what? Yeah. A dating seminary. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's like something I'm like, Lord, how's this going to work? Like, they're going to say, oh, this guy, he's going to be a priest. Like, what does what he, does know, he know, know about dating? Yeah, <laughs> like, so, you've never looked at a girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> we act like priests have never noticed women are on the planet. We're like, guys. I know. They're not, I know. They're My cheeks men. are going to cramp. <laughs> My cheeks are literally going to cramp. I'm smiling too much. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, okay, let me ask you this, actually. Since we're oh, here, man. we're in this space. How did you get into the whole dating gig? Like, how how did you mm. get segued into that situation? Did it come from a bad breakup? Did it come from bad relationships, bad choices? How honest yep. are you about all of that? Like, how did you get here? How did you land as the dating coach? That's kind of how I see you on, on Instagram. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, it happened through like a lot of, just a lot of rejection. And just, I'm, I'm again, I'm a very like, in the past, I was extremely prideful. And so very, it's a one way street. I'm only seeing what I want to see and chasing like, you know, all the wrong woman and just getting my heart crushed and, you know, getting cheated on. And I'm like, Lord, like, what's wrong? Like, what am I doing wrong? You know? And he's like, Anthony, like, this is not what you're supposed to do. And for me, like I've waited till marriage, like my whole life. And it's something I've always wanted in another person. And so a lot of people don't understand the power of chastity, the power of it freeing people to love. And there's, we've lived in this culture. That's just so, so sad they're just consumed with lust and they thinking that it's love, but it's really lust. And it's not just any lust. It's like unconditional lust and it's not unconditional love, but they think it is. So I'm like, Lord, you've opened my eyes in this. You've given me the grace to see this through my failures and through my shortcomings. I just want to be able to help people become a man that you are calling them to be and not the, a man that the world is calling them to be. And I want to help people. I want to help the woman, you know, see, people's authentic motives like a guy and I used to play like a lot of games I, I even though I was waiting till marriage I wasn't being chased you know with my thoughts with like falling into sins of the flesh it, it was really tough and I see how that had destroyed my relationship with the Lord and so now I'm like Jesus like you've shown me so much mercy how can I not it'd be so selfish for me to just keep it for myself how can I not share this joy and share this wisdom that you were able to impart in my life so unworthingly to others you know and so um, just a lot of bad breakups, um, a lot of relationships that were very toxic, manipulative, controlling, you know, not just my end, but theirs as well. And um, yeah, just, I mean, selfish motives. I mean, they're so, they're so toxic. We all think we're very selfless when we always have to like double check our interior lives. Right. So did you ever yeah. have a healthy relationship, Anthony? Was there ever? Yes, there was. there was a really good one. There was a really good one. It was like, at the time, I was like really intensely discerning, you know, this calling still, and I was fighting and I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do it. No, <laughs> like I found this beautiful woman. I prayed the St. Anthony of Padua prayer he to be satisfied her. with me. Yeah, <laughs> and I found her like, God, like this her, is, yeah. 
yeah, I'm like, this is the one. Like, Lord, please, no. You know, not this. Like, you took oh. basketball away, not not this girl. And then so, like, Anthony. I just felt, yeah, I felt so bad for her. I'm like, hey, I sat her down. I'm like, you know, I just think it's very unfair the way I've been treating you. Like, even though I've been giving you, I think, 100%, it's really not. And maybe it's 99, but you deserve, like, 120. And so I'll be doing you a disservice if my mind is, like, still thinking, like, Lord, I want to serve you like, because then I'm not giving you all of my heart and that's not fair for you. That's not fair for me. You know, you deserve everything. You don't deserve parts of my heart. And so I I think instead of continuously on and off dating and she just tolerated, I felt so bad, you know, like instead of all that, like, I think it's best that we do do our separate ways. We'll continue to pray for each other, pray for me. And I'm going to discern. And if the Lord's truly calling me to this, you know, he'll bless it. But if he's not, Maybe he'll bring us back together and he'll bless that. So you never know. And I'm sure that you could find another great person. And so I kind of had that conversation. It was very hard. I mean, that was an extremely hard sacrifice, you know, but um, God blessed it now. And I, I feel like I've really gotten my clarity from that. And um, it hurt but at the time. But now I I just, I don't know, I'm very happy You're good. Like, somehow. <laughs> Where is she? Yeah. Has she moved on or are you guys still friends? Yes. Okay. Uh, we're still friends. She moved on. Um, prayed for a lot and I just feel like she's really happy too and so that just warms my heart too and she was discerning as well and so I think but she you know discerned out and she's just very happy and I'm like let's go like this is yes (laughs) let's go baby now you can be like Francis and Claire like it can be this very kind of relationship I love it no that's beautiful though and so I think it's Mm -hmm. really neat to watch you online do what you do and offer the advice that you do because there's a lot and I what would you say your demographic really is that comes to you? Is there a certain target audience that kind of, I mean, are you kind of a young adult, teenage? Is that who's coming to you and reading your books? Yep. I love, love, love the youth. And so I'm still really young. So like, I'm not going to be preaching. Like sometimes I'll get like the older generation, like the thirties or forties. And so I'm surprised. Old, those guys. Yeah. God. <laughs> no. They're the worst. Like, yeah, like compared, compared to like the youth, I'm like, Oh man, yeah, it's different. It's just, this is beautiful. Yeah. It's different. And it's like, it's just, it's cool to see that the Lord is still able to use me as an instrument. And even though I'm sinful and I've got a lot of problems and wounds, like it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to see that the Lord can still work through that. Well, this has been fantastic getting to know you a little bit more since <laughs> we're Instagram friends. And Amen. <laughs> Instagram only shows us the things that we allow it to show. So, yep, but exactly. I really admire mm-hmm. what you've done, especially sharing your story about, I mean, cause that's kind of what this whole thing is about is, is about success and what it is and how it changes. And success mm-hmm. isn't exactly always what we think it is. And even though you were the kid with the basketball in your hands, right you know, you did change and here you are finding success as a, as a writer and as a speaker. And then as we will pray for you, hopefully as a priest, if that is God willing, right. If that is what he wants. Right. So in the meantime, Anthony, where can people follow you and find you and also your books? So tell us all the things. Sure. So it's pretty consistent. Coach Anthony Simon is my website. It's my Instagram handle, um, it's my Facebook. So just literally type Coach Anthony Simon on Google. You'll find it or even Anthony Simon, my books will pop up. Um, they're on Amazon and they're on my website that if you want to sign a copy or personal note, I do sell them on my website. And yeah, it's cheaper there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Now, and as, as, as one of the elderly um, who has a teenager, 
I I want to uh, ask. So, do you do any personal coaching with teens? Like, is that something that you find parents reaching out to you at all? Is that something? I was just thinking about my listeners. If they have a teenager or a young adult in their life and they would like to connect them with you, is that something that you do or something that you're open to? Yeah, uh, and I just I love serving from the bottom of my heart. And so, like, if anyone ever DMs me, like, I'm always down to have like a, a FaceTime call with them. And I met some really close friends just by doing that. And one of my friends, his name's actually Anthony. I was actually just talking to him before this, and we were practicing doing a podcast. And he's 17 years old, and he's just like, because I was telling him, "Hey, I'm about to do a podcast." He's like, "Hey, let's practice right now." I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> but it was just so funny. But you know, I learned so much from them too, and I just love, I love, love, love to be able to help them. You know any chance I get. It's, I just love it. I burn to help the youth. No, that's fantastic. Well, Anthony, I just want to say thank you all the way from the East coast, which is Detroit, (laughs) which is not at all. Everybody (laughs) everybody's like, my map is so wrong. What is she talking about? (laughs) No, but all the way from, from Detroit. Thank you so much for being here today, Anthony, God bless. And we're praying for you. Please pray for us. And thank you, sir. Everybody go check him out online. Bye Anthony. Thanks so much for listening to Talk to Me with Liv Harrison, the stories behind their success. Now, I got a little favor to ask. I need you to come back next week and listen to my next fantastic guest. The best way to remember is to subscribe. If you haven't already subscribed, take a second, take a moment and do that right now. And I really appreciate it. If you could even do me another solid, leave me a review. It's really important as I start off these first few weeks. I need your support. Share with your friends. Tell your colleagues. Make your kid listen. Okay, you don't have to make your kid listen. But subscribe, like, share, leave a review, and come back next week. Thank you so much. Until you hear me again.